So, what'd you guys think of Morgan's new guitar? Isn't that the reflection though? The reflection is like the reflection off of my bald head. It's be- but it's beautiful though. I love the sound that comes out. Of- hey, we're so thankful for young people who have gifts who can share those gifts. Uh, typically, we have a few more people in the band, but the the weather or the sickness that is going on around kind of like got a couple of them this morning. So, be in prayer about that. We're going to do something a little bit different this morning because I thought, you know, I don't know how many people will be here. Let's, we'll be a little bit more of an intimate crowd. And so we're going to, I'm going to ask you to help me with something, okay? And so Ginger has some uh, index cards or some postcards, and I want everybody to take one, okay? So we're going to pass them around, and maybe we can get some help here. We're going to pass those around, and you are going to participate this morning. You won't have to get up and talk in front of people or anything like that. I know it's a it's scary for some, but, uh, but I, I'm going to ask you to help me with something today. And while, while she's passing that out, I want to I share this, this, this passage of Scripture because it's going to give us a little bit of focus today as we, as we look forward to a new year, new opportunity, new things are going to happen, a new baby's going to be born in 2015, this young lady sitting in front of me and going to be a little boy, man, I can't wait for about two years from now, your life's never going to be the same again, it's going to be awesome. <clears throat> well, Jesus, we celebrated the birth, the coming of Jesus, the hope and, and joy and peace and love into the world, and Jesus grew up, and when his ministry started, when his ministry started, he went in to the synagogue and he took the scroll and he read this, this prophecy from Isaiah about himself, and it said this in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus said, the spirit, the spirit we just sang about, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor the year of the lord's favor jesus said this is why i've come to bring freedom and all of us all of us have areas in of our in our life where we need some freedom we need some favor maybe this is the year of the lord's favor we need some we need a miracle if you will in some areas of our life i I promise you we do i know i know that i do i know i there's areas in my life where we need some miracles. For one, I'll just give you, a, just quickly, here's what my miracle would be. My miracle for this church would be that God would raise up somebody to come alongside these young ladies to lead us in worship. All right, that is a huge need that we have, and that's what we're praying for. All right? That would be a miracle in our church. And it might be you're sitting in the room this morning and said, Brady, I have that gift. I've been waiting for that call. Here I am. Maybe that's you. I don't know. In my family, my miracle would be to restore a relationship with my adopted son. 18 years old, he owns the world, he knows everything, and he just refuses to, to talk to us. We adopted him eight years ago, and he won't even acknowledge our existence because he doesn't need us anymore, right? Anybody ever been that, in that place where you were 18 and you didn't need your family anymore because you knew it all? And I'm just being real with you. I'm as transparent as I could possibly be. That would be a miracle. I've had dreams about my son coming to me and uh, hugging me and saying he was sorry and just receiving him into my arms. I could cry thinking about it right now. That's a miracle in my life. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm asking for today. And so here's what I want you to do on these cards. I want you to fill out your name. And on that card, 
with your name, I want you to write, if God could do a miracle in your life in the year 2015, and this is not hocus pocus, like miracle kind of stuff, like stuff that we could somehow manufacture on our own, but I mean, this is an answered prayer, the year of God's favor, proclaiming it in your life, like what would be the miracle in your life that could happen? Now, here's the deal, it could happen it could happen today, and you're like, oh, I need a new one. That's right, fill out a new card, that's fine. But it could mean all year long that you are just praying and you're, you're pressing in to what this miracle would be. Now, I want to know about it as your pastor so that I can pray for you and so that I know how to encourage you. And, and so I want to be able to maybe later on down the road send you a card or an email or a text and say, hey, hey, how's it going so far? You know, I want to follow up with you when it comes to that kind of thing. So what would the miracle be? And then... The, the third thing, so your name, what would the miracle be? And the third thing is, is what, what do you want to learn about? I mean, have you ever had the opportunity in church to say, hey, you know, I really want to know more about um, blank. Fill in the blank. What do you want to know more about this year in church? I'm one of those guys that if I can look at a picture, a sketch, I can draw it basically just like the sketch. That's just kind of how I function. It's how my brain functions. And so give me a sketch, give me a drawing to, to come off of. I want to see what it is that you want to know more about. I guarantee there's going to be some, some similarities. Like several of you might write, I want to know more about marriage or relationships in marriage. I want to know more about uh, the second coming of Jesus or I want to, you know, whatever it is. And then it gives me some uh, fuel for the fire, if you will. And I'll dig in and see what it is that we can, we can learn more about. All right, and, I, and I believe that the Holy Spirit will lead you into writing that down, and then it'll lead me as I, as I teach you. So those are some things I want you to be thinking about. Now, here's how you're going to turn these in. At the end, when you have the opportunity to give to the offering, which, by the way, if you're new here, we always, we don't always, but from now on, we're going to start doing it this way. We're going to give the offering as you're leaving because it just makes it easier in this room to do that. So just have your offering available to end of the service as you're leaving, saying goodbye, just place it in the basket. A basket will be available to you and just place it in there on the way out the door. Okay? So as you're thinking about that, let me pray for you. So, so Father, I, uh, you know what the miracles that I'm searching for, for this body of believers here in Platte City? I thank you for 2014 because that is when this church was born in the hearts of not just me and my wife, but in the hearts of so many other people that sit in this room today. I thank you for the relationships that I have, the relationships that have gone on for a really long time, and the relationships that I just started this morning with a handshake. God, I praise you for all of that, all the in-between. And we praise you for the relationships. We're going to get to start as a result of us just being here faithfully every single week, serving and and uh, trying to accomplish the mission that you have set forth for us, for people to come and experience the compassionate love of the Father. And I pray that people will also discover the calling you have for their life. What, what is it you want them to do? How do you want them to make the most out of the years that they have left? Jesus mapped out for us, God, in this small passage of Scripture. That's, this is why I'm here. God, help us to discover why we are here. Why uh, why, why do we have one more year here on planet Earth? How significant could 2015 be? So Lord, I pray you'd speak to us. Help me to listen, um, obviously to you, Lord, and then listen to the people that 
that you've placed in front of me today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, I was listening to the, the radio, and obviously it's New Year, so always hear about resolutions and I'll resolve to eat better like I always do that I do good for like a day you know like I'm gonna do somebody better and then I'll be okay for a day and then like somebody will bring me a cinnamon roll or something like that it's like just one all right I'm gonna eat this cinnamon roll I'll get back on it tomorrow you know that kind of thing and so I heard this thing about instead of just focusing all these different resolutions all these things that we're gonna set ourselves up for failure because we know we're not gonna be able to accomplish it on our own how about pick a word, just one word to focus on for the whole year? And I thought, oh, I don't know. And there is actually a book, someone wrote my one word, a book, wrote a book a couple years ago about this. And I, I don't know, it's just the pastor in me. I'm thinking, hey, the word, I know what the word is. The word is Jesus. Let's focus on Jesus. And I know that sounds like a really churchy answer. You know, like one you would give in Sunday school, right? But I'm thinking that is Jesus is the difference maker. He is the difference maker. He is the answer to what the miracle is in your life. You just plug him into that. And how can Jesus be a part of that? Like I know my son knows Jesus. And he's actually got a calling on his life. He's been, it's been spoken over him a couple different times. And so I know it's going to happen. I would love for it to happen sooner than later. But that's just my flesh. You know, I just want it to be done. I want it to be over so I, I don't have to feel that awkwardness when it comes to thinking about it. So Jesus is, is the answer to the question. He is the one word for us to focus on. And so then that started me down this road thinking about this morning and about how we, can, how we can look at Jesus in all these different areas of our life. So I want you to turn to Mark chapter 5. And we're going to look at Jesus when it comes to the way that he affects us personally. We're going to look at how Jesus wants to touch and affect your family we're going to look at how Jesus wants to influence and have, have um, some, some, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. He said how he wants to, to, for your friends to experience him, some, your friends, self-family friends, and how Jesus even wants to minister to your coworkers, people that you work around, people that maybe you're going to get a new job in 2015 or get a job in 2015, people that wants to affect your coworkers, and then and then lastly, how about the people that we are tempted just to give up on? Like, there's just no way. Like, man, Jesus is powerful, but I do not think that person's ever really going to put their faith in Jesus. You might know some people like that. You might have been, or you maybe still are, <laughs> a person like that. Um, I remember early on when I told, uh, when I went back to my, it would have been my 15th, uh, year uh, high school reunion when I told them like yeah I've been a, I've been a full-time pastor for the last three or four years and they're like what you you're a pastor I'm like well yeah why is it so hard to believe it's like oh we just knew you in high school right and I'm like well that 
that was a long time ago. <laughs> Things have changed. A lot has changed <laughs> since, you know, 1987. I had a mullet in 1987. Still wish I had one just so I could comb my hair. <laughs> Last night I, I did this. Uh, some of you, you know that I, I'm a Casey Wolf sub and I went to a wedding reception last night. It's my first wedding reception as Casey Wolf in a very swanky place. I'm thinking, why am I here? This is so weird. And the bride, as soon as she saw me, it was like, oh my gosh, she ran and hugged me. I walked into the reception area with the bride, holding her hand on one side, the groom on the other. It was just crazy. <laughs> like, that doesn't even make, make sense. Like, why would this person call me in here? But I was in the, the men's the men's dressing room, and there was all this amenities, hair care products and blow dryers and combs, and I just walked away. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've ever had to stand in front of that mirror. Oh, and one of my, one of my resolutions is to stop making so many hair jokes, all right? So many hair, so I got to get that out of my system now. So you call me on that, all right? The next time I start saying something about my hair, like, no, stop, Brady, you said you weren't going to do that. I need, you need some accountability when it comes to resolutions in your life, right? You got to have those. So we're going to look at these areas, self, family, friends, co-workers, and the people that you just seem like they're just too far away. So Mark chapter 5, starting at verse 21. One of my friends told me, Brady, you go too fast. Give us time to find it. All right, everybody found it? Raise your hand if you haven't found it yet. (laughs) Then you're going to be embarrassed. I'm not raising my hand. I'm too busy looking for it. I hear the papers turning. Verse 21, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. And then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, he pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying, please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with them. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. A woman was there who had been subject for bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Because isn't, isn't that what Jesus came for? I mean, Jesus said, the Spirit is on me to do these things. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? His disciples said, you see the people crowding against you? And you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. So the first person that we want Jesus to touch in 2015 is is us. And don't feel bad about that. Don't feel selfish about that. You want Jesus to touch you as a dad. You want Jesus to touch you as a mom. It's like on the airplane when it says if the, 
sudden event of uh, oxygen, you know, a cabin pressure loss or whatever, the oxygen mask is going to fall down. What does it tell you to do? Adults, what does it tell you to do? Put on yours first, right? So that you can be of some good to the smaller one traveling with you. And so, so for us as adults to say, I want Jesus to, to heal me first so that I can be all that I can be for my, uh, my wife or my husband or whatever, for my children. And this woman, she seeks and she comes and she wants to reach out. She wants, if I could just touch Jesus. My, my question my question even for me is, when was the last time I was so desperate that I just wanted to touch him? I just was seeking, and just, if I could just reach out, just stretch out. We feel like sometimes it's so far away, but yet in reality, he's right there next to us. If we just reach out and touch him and experience the freedom, the healing that comes from the power of touching Jesus, it's It's amazing. And, I mean, but she came, she was fearful, and, but she told him the whole truth. And I just want to encourage you in this. Do not approach Jesus in fear. Come to him with honesty and be willing to say everything. The whole truth is, actually the whole story is the truth. And so you want to come to Jesus and tell him everything. Do you have that kind of relationship with Jesus where you can tell him everything? Or are you afraid? Man, if, if I told Jesus everything, I'm afraid that he would he would turn around and find me for a whole nother reason. <laughs> not to just, not to heal me, but to scold me. But Jesus is not like that. Not the Jesus that I know through scripture. He's not that way at all. She comes and she, she tells the whole truth and he tells her to, to go in peace and be free from your suffering because your faith has healed you. The question is, is do we have faith to believe that touching Jesus will actually do it. Now, here's the deal. It doesn't mean that all your physical ailments, all your problems will go away. Right? But what it does mean, to me, I think, is that has, you didn't have someone right there with you to help you through those problems, that you're not alone anymore, that you, you can be freed from your suffering even in the midst of your suffering. I believe that's It's possible. So here's the story, because remember, remember how the story started? Where was Jesus headed? Yeah, he was going to where the daughter was, was sick. and She's dying, and that's where he was headed, and then this kind of story gets thrown in the middle of it. Verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just be, believe. So two times already in this story, there's this idea of, not, or of fear or being afraid. And I think if we approach God with fear, I, don't, I think it's okay to approach God with a holy reverence. I really do. I some, sometimes we're too aloof with God. and Like, oh, God's my best friend. You know, he's my, my BFF and whatever. I think we approach God sometimes too, uh, too chalantly, I think, or nonchalantly. But I think we should approach God with holiness and reverence, but not in fear that paralyzes us not to be able to come to him. Like I know sometimes as kids, you might be afraid to go to your parents, especially if you've done something wrong. You're like, oh, I just don't want to have this conversation. I'm so afraid of what my parents are going to say, how they're going to react. And they, they might react a little harshly sometimes. And, and God might discipline you because it says he disciplines those he loves. But we don't have to go to God in fear. 
It says, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all of this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After, and after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. He had gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. How many of you have children that, you, that you're just crying out to, to the Lord on their behalf? And maybe they're, maybe they're not dead physically, but they're not alive either. They're not alive spiritually. Maybe your relationship's not alive. This obviously hits close to home to me because of the thing that I confessed to you earlier. <clears throat> and I know some of you in the room have struggled with the loss, the physical loss of a child too. And so it's, there's a danger when you, when you speak of these miracles and there might be the question, well, why God, why not? Why didn't you let my child live? Or God, God why? Why is my child going through this? Why, why are they struggling this way? And then some of you have yet to have children. You're thinking, oh, man, I, don't, I hope I never have to pray that prayer. You know, I hope I never have to walk down that road. Does this feel familiar at all for some of us? Yeah, I mean, it's just, a, it's just a reality. But the truth is, I know Jesus is willing to step into that. And I pray on behalf of my son. And I pray for his sister. And I, I just pray, God, would you speak those same words? <laughs> Come alive. Wake up. So much more to, the, to this life. So I can use this story as, a, as inspiration to, to, to come to this Jesus who wants to set the captives free and pray on their behalf. And obviously, the, the truth is, is now that they're older, they have to come to Jesus and have that encounter with him. And when they do, when it's authentic, when it's real, it'll change everything for them. I know that. Because that's what happened in my life, too. My mom cried out for me for years because <laughs> I was dead in my sin. She cried out for me to come alive. Let's look over at Luke, Luke chapter 5. So we, we come to Jesus our, on, our, on our own and just reaching out to touch him. We pray for our children to, be, to come alive. And then what about our friends? I love, I love this story. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem 
And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, tried to take him into the house and lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. I've never been able to teach this story and not look up. Sounds like someone's walking around up there, but I don't think so. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> like someone just comes down. <laughs> like we could, have, we could have made that happen. It, could, it would have been powerful. <laughs> that would have been cool. Some way we'll, someday someday we'll, we'll, like in Branson, they could probably do that with all the interactive theaters. That'd be cool. And so it says that uh, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Then the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and, and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. How many of you have some, a friend or some friends that if you could just grab some other people and put them on a mat and drag them to Jesus. <laughs> you know, man, if I could just get them to church, if they would just come with me to church. I've asked them several times. I guess I'm just going to have to drag them with me into church. If they could just come, if they could just come and hear about the Jesus that I touched and experienced healing, if they could just know Jesus you guys have friends like that? I hope so. I hope you have some friends that need Jesus. If you just have a bunch of friends that already know Jesus, okay, all right, that's great, that's good, that's comfortable. But I, I, but I encourage you to get outside of that and, and look around you and say, Jesus, who has is, who is God put in my life? Who is in my, the, um, the word for it would be an oikos. Who has God placed around me you know, 10 to 15 people, who's got placed around me that I can invite into community with Jesus? How, who can I reach out and, and just model for them what it means to just be a follower of Jesus, just to love? And Because we know ultimately Jesus is the one who can bring healing and bring forgiveness to their sin, which is, which is what everyone needs more than just physical healing. They need forgiveness for their sin. But, but some people need physical healing too. But just look around. Let's say like this, this group right here, all right? Let's just say, Dan, these are the people that God has placed in your life. I mean, and he has placed these people in your life in some way or another. And so you might be thinking, like, I have the, I have the responsibility, not a burden, overwhelming, like I don't know what to do, but I have a responsibility to people God's placed in my life. One of my, one of my desires for this church is for about 10 to 12 pastors to be raised up in this body of believers to pastor a small group of people throughout the week in their home just in their life it wouldn't it be wouldn't it be amazing if every single person that walked into the church 
eventually had somebody that they were connected to on a deep personal level where like if you showed up missing, we would know where to find you. Or if something happened to you, you would know where to turn. I've known Brian since he was 14 years old, probably younger than that. Not everybody has that connection with me. And I could go and walk into Brian's house and go pick up his child and hug it, you know, and not, he would not think I was weird. But, but if I did that in some of your houses, you would think, who are you? Get out of my house, you know. But, but everybody needs that connection, right? Everybody needs friends who know where Jesus is, and we know how to get them there. And obviously, one of the best ways, and I hopefully, you know, as I think about this story, maybe these guys had heard about Jesus and they begin praying, God, how can we just, I have a friend that really needs Jesus, and man, how can we get him to, to Jesus? And then they begin to pray, and then, they, then not only did they pray, they put some action to their prayers, right? Love is a verb. Love is an action word. And so they actually brought this friend to Jesus. It's a pretty cool picture. All right, how about a coworker? Luke chapter 7. Let's just turn over a page. Maybe, maybe an, you're an employer. Maybe it's, it's, we're talking about an employee. Luke chapter 7, right at the very beginning of the chapter, when Jesus had finished saying all these things to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. So they had this master who was a leader of many, had the servant who was, who was sick. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves your nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with him. He was not far from his house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. This is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers. Um, under me, I tell this one to go and he goes and that one to come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. Turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. I love this man's compassion for his servant, for the people that work underneath him, or the, maybe the people he works with. Some of you have a position of authority God has placed you in for a purpose. And Jesus wants to be involved in all areas of our life, not just this area of our life. Not just when we leave here and in our home, but it spreads out from there. Where do you work? Who do you work with? Who do you come in contact with every single day? I believe God has placed you there for a purpose and a reason to somehow be the Jesus with skin on to them. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Dan got a new job. Not by accident. God placed him there for a purpose, not only for him to learn new things and to help other people, but to influence the people he's going to come in contact with. And some of you might work in a job that's a little harder to do that. Maybe, um, I know Phil, Phil works at the school here. 
And he's got to be kind of careful about some of that influence that he has on the people around him. But I promise you, Phil can live out such a compelling example that people are like, uh, what's going on with Phil? He's changed. Something's not the same about Phil. And like sometime when no one's around, it's like, hey, Phil, man, dude, what's going on? And then Phil's like, well, there's this man named Jesus. Maybe a friend brought you to Jesus. Maybe you reached out and touched Jesus yourself. Maybe it was your family. See what I'm saying? See how it all just kind of fits together? And then the last story is back in Mark chapter 5. And just for time, we won't read the whole story. But it's the demon-possessed man that was placed outside of his community. And really, that's what happened to people who were so far away from normal, they just, they were outcasts. Literally, they cast them outside of the city because they were unclean. Do you know any unclean people in your life? The untouchable people? The people that you're afraid to touch? (laughs) Because you're afraid maybe... If you get too close to them, they'll affect you in somehow in a negative way. All of us know somebody that, you know what, that person's so far away from God. But you know what? The truth is, is God is not so far away from them. Do you know that? Brady and I have ministered to people on the street that smell. Have you ever been around homeless people? Homeless people have a certain smell. I can I can. I can smell it right now just thinking about it because they're, they're not able to, to take care of themselves like you and I can take care of ourselves. Some of you have a, a certain scent, like you wear a certain perfume or a cologne or whatever, you smell them. Oh, I smell, I can smell sometimes I'll be walking, oh, I know so-and-so's here because I can smell them. But this man was, was unclean, possessed by demons, unclean in a great way. The only way to be even more unclean is to be dead and Jesus was even willing to touch those people. So obviously, from a distance, the best thing we can do is just call out to to the Lord on their behalf, right? God, um, help them. But you know what? Here's the danger. God might say, I want you to help them. I actually want you to go to them. And I want you to touch them. Jesus is like, hey, I'm interceding for you in heaven. I can't reach out and touch them, but I can reach out and touch them through you. And I don't, there is something powerful about touch, especially if someone has not been touched appropriately for a long time. And the power that comes when you reach out and you be the skin of Jesus to them. So as a church, We're going to encounter all of these this year. As a a person who's here this morning, you're going to encounter all of this this year. Jesus is the Word. Literally is. He's the Word made flesh. (laughs) You know, the Word of God. The Bible with skin on, made flesh, and he dwelt among us to model for us how to set people free And then he says, I'm handing it over to you. Now I'm coming back. Maybe he'll come back in 2015. Maybe he'll come back before my daughter Emma graduates high school. Oh no, I want to graduate high school and have my party. It's like, you know what? I want Jesus to come back. But I don't want Jesus to come back until I've made sure that everybody that God 
gives me the opportunity to, to share, him, I share him with them, that I do that, that I'm faithful to that, right? So that's our, that's our challenge for you um, in 2015. And we can do that together. We can look for opportunities to do that. I really want you to be praying, like maybe God has called you to pastor a group of people. And you're thinking, man, I can't be a pastor. I've got a regular job. Well, I'm not talking about full-time ministry, or maybe I am. <laughs> maybe God's calling you into full-time ministry. Who knows? Little did I know, in 1995, <laughs> my first little hanging out time in, in young life. I sat in the gym here at the high school with students. I had this one kid said, hey, who, who are you? Is your son playing? <laughs> like, no, I, I'm not old enough to have a son this playing. Well, why are you here? <laughs> I'm just here to be your friend. Oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> you know, it's awkward, but it was the beginning of, of my ministry. So what is God calling you to? What's the calling he has on your life? I'm interested to see that. So if you fill out your cards... Emma, do you guys have a song? You, gonna, you don't have a song? All right, that's fine. We don't need to do a song. You fill out your cards, okay? So let's, let's pray. Let's pray this morning, and then we'll finish our time together. Remember, uh, as you get, have the opportunity to give this morning, you'll do that in the offering basket on the way out. Spend some time this morning uh, meeting somebody new. Like, hey, how are you? I've never seen you before. Nice to meet you. Get to, get to know somebody else's name. I encourage you to do that. If you, if you want... If you want to come up this morning with your card, if you want to come up this morning with your card and just make it a, make it a time of prayer, just come up this morning and let's pray together, okay? That's how we'll finish our time together. And you can, you can place the card on the stage if you want to kind of use it as an offering to the Lord. Say, God, I want to just give this to you. All right, does that make sense? Come up and pray if you want. If you want someone to pray with you, that'd be great. If, uh, if you want to just leave it on the way out the door, that's fine too. Okay, it's low pressure here at Calling Community Church. You're not forced to do anything. We're glad that you're here. So let's pray. God, we thank you in the name of Jesus, who intercedes for us right now, who says, come. He says, you come and touch me, and I will heal you. He says, bring your, your children to me. Bring your, your friends to me. The people you work with. Would you bring the one that's furthest away from me? Because I came for that person too. I love that person. These are my people. I love them. I've demonstrated love for them in 2014. I will pour out my love on them in 2015. And someday, someday, Jesus, you're going to come back. And I pray that when you do, you'll find us being faithful. Find us honoring you in all the areas of our life that we need to honor you in. Finding us uh, living out this calling that you have for our lives. We thank you for the miracles that you are going to perform in the lives of the people that are in this room today. It's more powerful than what they've written on a piece of paper. It's what you've already written in their hearts. It's the things, that, the desires you've placed upon their heart. And I pray that people would just learn if they delight themselves in you, then you will give them these desires. It's not an open or a blank check, but it's what you want for us, God, because you place it upon their heart. Thank you for uh, this new year. Thank you for the church, 
church being born in 2014 and what you're going to do in the coming days and months? Would you answer the prayer for a worship leader to come and to lead us, to, raise, to minister to those who, are, who have gifts who want to serve in this particular area of the church? Would you pray for pastors of communities and small groups of people in this community? God, you know what that would look like. I don't even have all the details, but God, you can put it all together. I praise you for that. Thank you for the faces that I've known for a long time. Thank you for the faces that I just met today. We praise you in Jesus' name, amen.